Welcome to the reading of tape number one of Truth, Victory Over Error, or the True Principles of the Christian Religion by David Dixon. This Reformation audio resource is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. There is no copyright on this material, and we encourage you to reproduce it and pass it on to your friends. Many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog containing classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, CDs, and much more, at great discounts is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, T6L3T5. If you do not have a web connection, please request a free printed catalog. If you do have a web connection and would like to be added to our email list, please send an email to add at swrb.com with the word add in the subject line. And now to our reading of Truth, Victory Over Error by David Dixon, which we pray you find to be a great blessing and which we hope draws you near to the Lord Jesus Christ. Truth, Victory Over Error, or the True Principles of the Christian Religion, stated and vindicated against the following heresies, Arians, Arminians, Anabaptists, Antinomians, Brownists, Donatists, Epicureans, Eutychians, Erastians, Familiists, Jesuits, Independents, Libertines, Manichaeans, Pelagians, Papists, Quakers, Sassinians, Sabellians, Skeptics, and Veninians, the whole being a commentary on all the chapters of the Confession of Faith, which is the Westminster Confession of Faith, by way of question and answer, in which the saving truths of our holy religion are confirmed and established, and the dangerous errors and opinions of its adversaries detected and confuted, written by the late Reverend and Learned Mr. David Dixon, Professor of Divinity in the University of Edinburgh. To this edition is prefixed a short account of the author's life by the late Reverend Mr. Robert Woodrow, R-O-W-R-O-W, Minister of the Gospel at Eastwood, Kilmarnock, printed by John Wilson. And now to Truth Victory over error chapter 1 of the holy scripture question 1 is the light of nature and the works of creation and providence sufficient to give that knowledge of god and of his will which is necessary to salvation no 1 corinthians 1:21 and 1 corinthians 2:13 and 14 well then, do not the Socinians err who maintain that men living according to the law and light of nature may be saved? Yes. By what reason are they confuted? First, because none can be saved unless they be born by the incorruptible seed of the word. 1 Peter 1.23 Second, because Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by the Son. John 14, verse 6. Third, because there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we, may, we must be saved, but by the name of Jesus. Acts 4, 12. 
forth because men cannot believe in Christ without supernatural revelation and therefore cannot be sanctified because all justification, sanctification, and remission of sins are by God's grace and faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 3, 24, 25, Acts 26, verse 18. Neither can man be so saved vis-a-vis by living according to the light of nature because salvation is promised only to believers in Christ. Acts 16.31, John 3.16. Fifth, because all that know not God will be punished eternally. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 8. But men without supernatural revelation cannot saving cannot savingly know God. 1 Corinthians 1.21 and Matthew 11.27 6. Men destitute of supernatural revelation cannot know their own corruption and misery by the first Adam, nor the remedy which is offered by Christ the second Adam. They are without God, without hope, without the promises, without the church and covenant of God, and the mysteries of faith are hid and unknown to them Alarnarily, that perish and are lost. Ephesians 2, 11 and 12, Romans 9, 4, 1 Corinthians 4, 3, Matthew 13, 11 and 12, Matthew 11, 25, 26, and 27. Question number two. Are the Holy Scriptures most necessary to the church? Yes. 2 Timothy 3.15 and 2 Peter 1.19 Well then, doth not the popish church err that affirms the true church to be infallible in teaching and propounding articles of faith both without and against the scripture and that their unwritten traditions are of divine and equal authority with the canon of the scripture? Yes. Do not likewise the Libertines and Quakers err, affirming that God doth teach and guide the elect into all the truth by the alone instinct and light of the Spirit without any written word whatsoever? Yes. By what, but, excuse me, by what reasons are they confuted? First, because the Scriptures are the foundation upon which the church is built, Ephesians 2.20. Second, because all things are to be examined by the rule of the word, as the noble Bereans did, Acts 17, 11, and 12. Third, because unwritten traditions are subject and liable to many corruptions and are soon and quickly forgotten. Fourth, because we have life eternal in the scriptures, therefore they must be necessary to the church, John 5:39. Fifth, because the scriptures are given that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good works, 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. And the scriptures are written that men may believe, John 20, verse 31. Question 3. Are these former ways of God revealing his will unto his people now ceased? Yes. Well then, do not the enthusiasts and Quakers err who maintain that the Lord hath not ceased yet to reveal his will as he did of old? Yes. By what reasons are they confuted? First, because God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Hebrews 1 and 2, 
the apostle calls the time of the New Testament the last days because under the same there is no more alteration to be expected, but all things are to abide without adding or taking away as was taught and ordained by Christ until the last day. See also Joel 2:18, Acts 2:17. The ways and manners of old were first by inspiration, 2 Chronicles 15:1 and Isaiah 49:21. 2nd Peter 1:21. Secondly, by visions, Numbers 12:6 and 8. Thirdly, by dreams, Job 33:14 and 15. Genesis 40 verse 8. Fourthly, by Urim and Thummim, Numbers 27:21. First Samuel 30:7 and 8. Fifthly, by signs. Genesis 32:24, Exodus 13:21. Sixthly, by audible voice, Exodus 20 verse 1 and Genesis 22:15. All which do end in writing, Exodus 17:17 17, and 14, which is a most sure and infallible way of the Lord's revealing His will unto His people. Question four. Do the books of the Old and New Testaments come under the name of the Holy Scripture and the Word of God? Yes. Well then, do not the Quakers err who maintain that the Scriptures ought not to be called the Word of God? Yes. By what reasons are they confuted? First, because Christ says, If he called them God's little g, unto whom the Word of God came, and the Scriptures cannot be broken, John 10.35. Here it, is, here it is evident that the Word of God and the Scriptures are the same. Second, because the predictions of the prophets are expressly called the Word of God. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the Word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. 2 Chronicles 36.22 Here we see it is evident that the written prophecies of Jeremiah, which are part of the Holy Scriptures, are called the Word of God. Third, because what Christ calls the commandment of God, he calls the Word of God. Mark 7, verse 9 and 10, compared with verse 13. Fourth, because the Apostle calls the sword of the Spirit the Word of God. This sword is the sword of the Holy Spirit, which he doth, as it were, put into our hands to resist Satan against all his temptations. Ephesians 6, verse 17. Therefore, by the sword of the Spirit must be understood the Scriptures, not the Spirit himself, as some Quakers affirm. It is evident also from Matthew 4, where Christ, being tempted by the devil with three different temptations, resists him with three different places of Scripture. And being asked by the Pharisees why his disciples did pluck the ears of corn upon the Sabbath day, answered by Scripture, Matthew 12, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4 teaching us that Satan's temptations must be carefully answered and that by Scripture as the only mean to overcome him and his instruments. Fifth, because the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12, this cannot be understood of Christ because Paul in his other writings doth not call the person of Christ by his name and therefore must be understood of the word of the gospel, the power whereof is described, Romans 1.16. Sixth, 
see these following places of Scripture. Psalm 119, 172, 1 Kings 16, verse 12, and 2 Kings 9, 36, and 23, verse 16. Isaiah 28, 13, Hosea 1, verses 1 and 2, Isaiah 37, verse 22, and Proverbs 30, verse 6. By the Scripture, or the Word of God, we do not understand the bare letters or the several written words of the Holy Scripture, which the adversaries may imagine we call the Word of God. These are only the vessels which carry and convey that heavenly light unto us. But we understand thereby the doctrine or will of God revealed unto reasonable creatures, teaching them what to do, believe, or leave undone. Deuteronomy 19, verse 29. Question 5. Are the scriptures given of God to be the rule of faith and life? Yes. Luke 16, 29 and 31, Ephesians 2, 20, Revelation 20, verse 18 and 19, and 2 Timothy 3, 10. Well then, doth not the popish church err who maintain their unwritten traditions to be the rule of faith? Yes. Do not likewise the enthusiasts and the Quakers err who maintain the spirit within that teaches the elect to be the only rule of faith, and that the dictates of light within are of as great authority as the scriptures? Yes. By what reasons are they confuted? First, because the scriptures are called a rule, Galatians 6.16. Second, because nothing is to be added to the scriptures, Deuteronomy 4, verse 2, and 12, Deuteronomy 12, verse 32. See also Proverbs 30, verse 6, and Revelation 22, 19, and 20. Third, because we ought rather to follow the scriptures in this life than a voice spoken from heaven, 2 Peter 1, verses 19 and 21. Fourth, because the scripture is written that we might believe, John 20, 31. Fifth, because the scripture is given for making the man of God perfect, 2 Timothy 3.17. Six, because we must betake ourselves in the whole of religion to the law and to the testimony, Isaiah 8.20. Seven, because Christ himself refers the greatest question that ever was, whether he be the Son of God or not, to the scriptures, John 5.38 and 39. Search the scriptures, says he, for they testify of me. Eight because the Holy Ghost did never give such a designation to his own word as an historical rule and dead letter, or as some Quakers call them, not the principal fountain of truth and knowledge, not the first rule of faith and manners, but, the subordinate, but to be subordinate to the Spirit, whence, as they affirm, the Holy Scriptures have their true worth, excellency, and certainty." Whereas, Paul says expressly, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10:14. Ninth, because the spirits cannot be known by any other rule than by the written word, it is certain that the devil transforms himself into an angel of light, 2 Corinthians 9, 14, excuse me, 11, 14. There is a spirit of the world, 1 Corinthians 2:12, a spirit that rules in the hearts of the children of disobedience. Ephesians 2:24 There is a lying spirit 1 Kings 22:22 22, 22, and a spirit of error and delusion 1 John 
4, verse 6. How shall these be known to be such, or the spirit which the Quakers obtrude upon us, not to be the one of them, but by the rule of the word? Question 6. Are the books commonly called Apocrypha of Divine Inspiration? No. Luke 24, 27, and 44, and Romans 3, verse 2, and 2 Peter 2, 21. Well then, do not the papists err who affirm that the books of the Apocrypha are of divine inspiration and of equal authority with the undoubted word? Yes. By what reason are they confuted? First, because they were never written in the Hebrew tongue, nor by any of the prophets. Second, because they are never cited in the New Testament by Christ or by any of the apostles as the books of the canonical scriptures are. Third, because they contain many fabulous and impious doctrines and histories. First, Tobit 5.21, the angel says he was Azariah, the son of Ananias. This is a man manifest lie which cannot be attributed to a good angel, and therefore the Spirit of God hath not dictated this history. Two, it is reported in Tobit 6, 6, 7, 16, and 17 that the heart and liver of a fish was good to make a perfume to drive away the devil if any man was troubled with him or with any evil spirit. And it is said in Tobit 12.15 by the angel, I am Raphael, one of the seven holy angels that present the prayers of the saints. This is only proper to Christ. 3. Because the fact of Simeon and Levi, condemned by Jacob, acted by the Spirit of God, Genesis 34.25, in killing the Shechemites, is commended by Judith 9, 2, and 3. 4. Because you will read of an offering for the dead, prayers and reconciliation for the dead, that they might be delivered from sin. 2 Maccabees 12, 43 and 44 and 45. See what contradictions are in comparing together 1 Maccabees 6, 8, 2 Maccabees 15, 16, and 2 Maccabees 9, 5. This ends tape number one of Truth, Victory Over Error by David Dixon. Please go to the next tape in the series and continue listening. Thank you. This Reformation audio resource is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. Many free resources as well as SWRB's complete mail-order catalog containing classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, CDs, and much more at great discounts is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, T6L3T5. If you do not have a web connection, please request a free printed catalog. If you have a web connection and would like to be added to our email list, please send an email to add at swrb.com with the word add in the subject line. The entire book, Truth, Victory Over Error by David Dixon, is also available from Stillwater's Revival Books in softcover format at a discount in our A to Z author listing. And please don't forget to look over the 62 CDs that make up our Reformation and Puritan Bookshelf CD set you visit our website at swrb.com as these CDs are a great way to build a major reform library at a fraction of the cost of the printed books.